Welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with those things in our daily lives. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I am Rob Stenzinger. How are you doing tonight, Robbie? I'm I'm doing well, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, uh, charged up to do the, our, our show. Yeah. And it's... Um, I love our process. This, this it's a lot of fun, and, it, and it's like you you do all this. I don't know, thinking and and poking at ideas for a little bit. This kind of jamming, you know, this yeah. impro- improvising, and and then we hit record, and it's all the. I love that process. So, it's, it, yeah, it's very very much a ready to go. That's fantastic. Yeah, it is kind of a, a jam, but you don't have to hear me sing. So this is a win win all around. Um, or attempt to play an instrument. Although I, I am pretty good on the flute. Yeah, I played flute in high school, junior junior high. Okay, let's be honest, junior high. <laughs> Why don't we have flutes for if you're a flautist? Um, in our house. I mean, we've you're right. you're sitting you know inches away from a bunch of different different instruments here. You know, I think because uh, they are well, at least as I recall back in junior high days, which was a little while back, yeah, they were not an inexpensive item. Sure. So I think just to have one kind of hanging around also. They probably don't store well. I would guess. Maybe they have a lot of maintenance. Yeah, there's a lot of maintenance. Mm. The pads have to be cleaned and replaced if they get too old <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, and then the other fun fact, um, I sat last chair. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the flute. It wasn't exactly a talent I had, but, but um, okay. I mean, so you enjoyed um, the the activity, and did yeah. you enjoy the people you were surrounded? Oh, with? I loved the people. I mean, my yeah. all my friends were in band. I was in band. It was awesome. Okay. At any rate, yeah. jamming. You said jamming. I know. Metaphor, and I like that. Uh, it's funny. I I like that metaphor too. I I tend to um use it a lot. Because oh, do you? Yeah, maybe it's it's this thing that um, I have such positive um, connotation for for that. Yeah, where, where you know jamming is a collect a joyful collective creative expression that you're 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 making a thing that's bigger than you. You're part of this, and we're doing it together. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. Well, I'm fired up too. I'm excited for tonight's topic. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun because bump it da Tonight's topic we're gonna talk about comics. Comics. Comic books. Those are what? I know, right? And today is the first Saturday in May, which means it is free comic book day. Yes, which is a fantastic <laughs> holiday and should be celebrated. It really should be. I mean, it's it's um the freeness of it is um I mean, that's good. It's a way to grab uh, attention. Yeah. And get sort of uh, a change in behavior where it's like, you know what? It's another Saturday. Does your co- local comic book providers um, you know, retail presence seem that important to go to or not? I mean, when there's free stuff there, eh, you know, it's It drives you, you traffic. Really, it yeah, absolutely you gotta, does. You got to get there before it's gone. Yeah. Um so yeah, the the freeness is cool, but also I mean I I'm betting there are other angles we'll uh, we'll chat about comics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But first let me start with a little history lesson. How do you mm. feel about that? I like history. Fantastic. When was the first comic book free comic book day? Mm. 
Wow, that's not history. That's trivia. I have no idea. <laughs> well, how is that not history? Well, if it I wanted in the past, to, it, true. I'm going to pull, I'm going to argue like my seven-year-old. <laughs> it happened no, in the okay, past. Okay, you are correct, much, much like she is often. And um, I think it was about, um, I wasn't on that page, but yeah, no, great. Quiz me. Let's see how many I don't know. Okay, well, it was 2002. Okay. So 2002, and it um, it's kind of got a cool um, history behind it, is there was a, a retailer, a comic retailer, who wrote for an industry, a comic industry magazine. Hmm. And he wrote an article about this saying, we should do a free comic book day. And got a lot of kind of positive response from this article that he had written in one of the industry magazines. And then... Um, somebody and I'm not finding the person's name but they suggested having the very first free comic book day the same weekend that Spider-Man opened as a feature film (laughs) to kind of you know do a lot of tie to do some of those tie-ins and you know the Spider-Man movie is apparent the first one was apparently and I don't really remember this but in 2002 was was really promoting the whole comic book aspect of the Spider-Man movie yeah it was yeah. It was really yeah. new, really a new thing. So it did. It uh, was I mean, the... yeah, there were the Batman movies for years and years, but like, there's uh, uh, um, some yeah. I mean, it was it was it was an event where yeah. you know what this this other character is you know from the, this other universe is 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 here and and yeah, that was fun. And Spider Man represents a different kind of tone than Batman. So for every year in two thousand and two. Forward, it has been the first Saturday in May, with the exception of one year. Um, in 2004, it was the first Saturday in July. Oh, weird. And would it surprise you to know that just about everyone, I went, let me look at the list here, one, two, two years, it did not coincide with the opening of a comic book movie. Hmm. Every other year, but two Apparently in 2005 and 2006, we didn't have any any good comic book movies, but it has coincided with the opening of a comic book movie. Huh. So here's your next pop quiz question. What comic book movie opened today? Was it Guardians of yep. the Galaxy? Two? Yes, it was. Guardians Volume of the 2? Ga- yep. 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 So nice. yeah, it's just, I, I didn't realize that all these movies opened the first weekend in May. Which obviously the movies typically open on Friday and then comic book day was on Saturday, but coinciding with the same weekend. Yeah, a couple different things. Like sometimes movies do open on Wednesday. Yeah, so Spider-Man. They can include those extra days as sales and all that. So it depends, but yeah. Spider-Man, Iron Man, X-Men, Origins, Wolverine, Iron Man 2, Thor, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Spider-Man 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War. Hmm. So I'll tell you, the next two years are listed here. So next year, the comic book weekend, it'll be Avengers Infinity War. And then the um, in 2019, untitled Avengers film. Oh, really? Mark your calendar. Huh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, who knows what that is. Yeah. So free comic book day. Um, I think it's a fun and fantastic holiday. We've got some great comic shops here in town that 
um, are big supporters of the free comic book day. Mm -hmm. And it's always kind of nice and and fun to go out. And again, it gives us an opportunity to go and pick up a comic or two for free, but also to support our local comic book stores and um, even some of our local comic artists. Like today, we met a couple uh, local comic artists and and purchased some of their works as well. Mm Yeah, yeah, it w- that was awesome. And what was interesting is that was a uh, th- that's a comic shop that that's in uh, what Richfield, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and um, it's not. Um, I mean, it's 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 a there's there's a few locations or what have you. It, it's a solid, you know, solid presence, uh, decent place. But yeah. like, um, it's not like one of the um, like I guess the the primary venues, but yet. They were they had local comic artists or whatever. And when I say primary venues, I think of like uh, comic shops that have sponsored so many events throughout the years. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I know Hot Comics has been around or whatever too, and I don't mean to disparage their what they do, but I I, mean, I really think of things like um, the Source Comics. That's a yep. that's a um, they are essentially the dominant one now. Yeah, the dominant. They, they had sort of a um, sort of a dominant duo thing with um, with Big Brain Comics. Yeah. But yeah, pour one out for big, big brain comics. Um, the yeah, essentially the 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 store owner there was just you know doing. I mean, it's a ton of work, like keeping sort of a keeping a shop open. Think of all the hours that it takes. Think of all the logistics and all that stuff. Sure. That I mean, um, there's a there's a good story about it. Maybe I'll put that in show notes where um, what they decided that, to where, do. And- I forget the gentleman's name, but like he just sort of shared where it, it was kind of like. This this part of my life is done. That's what I remember taking away from that mm-hmm. article. Interesting. I'll have to yeah. go back and reread it. I remember when it closed, we were pretty bummed. But um, I, yeah, I remember yeah. there being a positive spin or a positive story to it. Well, it, well, because you know that person as a as an individual needed to move on, and so it's not like, it, so it made sense, and it, and you know, but it's at the same time it's bitter bittersweet, right? Yeah. So okay. Um, there's likely some kind of up and down situation for anybody with where they live as far as the, the comic presences and all that stuff. But, and free comic book day is definitely a, a um, it's a thing that helps you connect with those, your, your local comic book, um, you know, retailers. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, was that the, the, what what other what other angles or, or things are you thinking about comics, especially in you know? Oh, I've got a of, lot. I've got a lot. You know, art and science punks. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's start with the fact that you have done comics for quite some time. Mm, yeah. So my first question is, what is it that made you pick comics as an art form or a medium to tell your stories? Hmm. So you had a story to tell. You could have done it in many different ways. I mean, everything from you could have done an animated short to um, a single painting hmm. to tell your story, but you chose comics. Well, let's see. Let's. I um. I I really started to get interested in comics. I mean, I, comics has been a just a presence my entire life, and and I've but I've never been the kid who collected a ton. Right. Mm -hmm. I've had a few different times in my life where I gathered a bunch and a bunch meaning, you know, a couple dozen. Right. Okay. Sure. So, so I've got, um, I've got a few comics on my shelf that I've gathered at different points in my life. Some of them I've kept, some of them I've, you know, passed, passed along, but like, um, 
you know, that comics as a medium has, uh, there, there are characters and, and styles and things that have captured me and, and arrested me in, 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 and got my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, as far as me making comics, it never quite crossed the line of like, well, comics got my attention and now I need to make comics. Okay. And I got there in sort of a, an indirect way. Oh. So even, you know, being aware of all the interesting things that are available and, and expressible in comics. Yeah. Um, it was making video games that got me into the, um, the sort of visual language. Oh, interesting. So you went from video game to comic mm-hmm. as the medium. And so how did that transition happen or how did that, that leap go from video games Well, it was totally to reading um, Scott, Mc, Scott McCloud's uh, Understanding Comics. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I was uh, exploring ways to level up in my, my you know, sort of the, the career, the, my, my primary way of engaging in trade. Yeah. And thinking of, um, you know, keeping an eye open for like, well, what am I going to do on my next game? I really want to do something there. And, and somehow um, there was something about the... I guess the the logic and approachability and um, sort of provide almost providing a kind of um, clarity about different style choices and mm-hmm. purposes in how you would want to express ideas that uh, understanding comics is a fantastic book for designers and uh, creators of all sorts because of how it's, it sort of um, explores the aesthetic choices of comics and how they seem to be um, sort of approachable or understood. Right. Like for instance, it's like, like chapter two, chapter two, I think is called the vocabulary of comics. Oh. And that, that's the one that sort of, that's it. The hook is set. Uh-huh. I'm into this. <laughs> and okay. it, yeah, it's, it's talking about like, where, where, where you, where, you know, you go from this continuum of like very iconic and abstract to like very concrete and then saying, well, uh, iconic and abstract, things expressed in that way can have a wider approachability because they're less sort of um, able to be instantly filtered through nuanced um, concerns. Where if, if and totally my paraphrasing and summarizing, yeah, but like, yeah. like if you look at a character that's drawn with a lot of uh, a lot of specifics, like maybe, maybe a character carrying a sword isn't your cup of tea, right? Okay. But like, a, and um, but you see a character carrying a sword, and they're standing under a beam of of um, of of light because they're about to face maybe their last battle, and it's all deeply rendered and so emotive because of the lighting, and it's yeah. so specific, right? Where you get these, you maybe you get feelings from 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 the specifics, right? Or maybe you get a lot of feeling from, um, you know, seeing a character that is way less detailed and is like, well, maybe they look more like you because of that, right? Because I look less detailed. Well, because you can put, you can imagine yourself. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. You, you look a little iconic today. I don't know if that's, yeah, maybe that's a, we got to get that checked. That's right. What's wrong with me? Where'd all my features go? Uh, no, but because the the features aren't there, it's easier to, I understand, identify with it. Yes, and yeah, because there aren't those specifics of like, well, 
you know, this character doesn't have a nose and I, that's annoying. It's actually, well, maybe I don't have to worry about that. Right. And I, I just, well, I just I connect with what they're doing and what they're feeling. So I'm going to back you up just a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So the book is called Understanding Comics. Yes. By Scott McCloud. Right. Yeah. What led you to pick, what led you to pick that up? Because you were doing video games. Why'd you pick up Understanding Comics? I'm trying to think of like what source actually put that book on my radar. And it could have coincided where I know Google hired Scott McCloud a long time ago oh. to, to do some documentation. And so, it could have been that. It could have been um, just somehow in my newsfeed, what have you. Uh, because I was occasionally consuming comics at the time, ooh, right? So it, yeah. So but it was it was something you probably bookmarked. <laughs> well, so that was in the prior. That, that's in an earlier civiliz- bookmark civilization that is now lost to us. I know. Um, that's really sad for us. I know those bookmarks are forever gone. But um, anyway, so it had a big effect on me. It influenced sort of my my day job stuff, and it influenced my thinking about my uh, making a game. Eventually, that making that game. I know I'm, I'm really uh, probably going way off in different tangents from your question, but. But like I, I was working on a game project that I felt very inspired to use the visual language of comics and practicing that where um, it was a role playing game called um, Jinhanu that um, mm-hmm. that you would you would go through scenes. And as you talk to characters, instead of there being the just the um, their head plus text next to their head as you went along, it was more like, well, there was a um uh, a comic panel and their head and maybe you and their head and maybe something they were talking about and then a word balloon above their head and you know just using all the visual language but then your choice at the end of it would be a ser- like comic panels right and yeah. that's what you did next yeah and the menus had oh, this they looked like comic panels all that stuff and God, there was some great art for that you're very kind and um it was uh anyway yeah that 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 um, project failed, right? Right. And learned a ton, but yeah. like moved on and eventually was like, well, I got so stuck with that project because of different things that I was, you know, I was dealing with my own creative perfectionism type yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, <laughs> and I laugh about this because comics is crazy hard, right? Yeah. But like also video games is also crazy hard. No, you just slap some coat around. <laughs> you just make some I, totally. things that turn. Silly me, right? And then it's good. Yep. Just animate a thing. Yeah. Click on a cow on a screen. Get some buttons. No big deal. We need some buttons. People yep. like buttons to push. Totally. Yep. Make, oh, wait. No, make, it is hard. Okay. Make your UI all indirect and about yeah the, the idea of the action instead of the concrete, you know, moving a thing. I know, oh, I'm, woo, snap. I'm <laughs> talking UI interactive trash. Anyway, but it's... um. That might have been a little esoteric, but yes. Totally. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Here we are. So anyway, um, I thought this... this um, uh, I had, a, a, had some ideas for some characters and circumstance that led to the comic Art Geek Zoo. And I, I chose to like do that... Um, in part because I was enjoying webcomics as just for fun. Oh, yeah. 
I, that was really the the boom of the web comic. Yeah, it was kind of like this this garage band era, sort of like yeah. the, it was the six. In my opinion, the sixties rock era of comics, where it's like you know what, we can all just get you know someone's a drummer, we a couple of us can get guitars, and one of us can sing, and here we have a band. There you go. And so you had that a bit with okay, you had word you had WordPress, WordPress, Comics Press plug in on top of it. You um, you have this whole bunch of people doing this thing where they would put out a comic once a day, once a week, yeah. a couple times, whatever. They have Some a their really schedule. great stuff. And I thought, well, wait a minute. What if I did that? What if I actually got stuff into the world more frequently? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm excited and, 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 and inspired by comics and want to put the story out there. So what if I actually sort of broke through my own sort of um, creative uh, roadblocks? through that medium oh sure because you had just had kind of the Jen Hanu thing where you you're you kind of came face to face with your roadblocks mm-hmm. and needed to kind of figure out ways to work through those that's brilliant you know I hadn't kind of thought of it that way I mean I was there for all of that but yeah and I mean I remember you talking about a lot of those things but <laughs> and I laugh because um so uh I make a podcast with with uh, Jersey Droz, and uh, when I met Jersey, one of the earlier conversations I had with him, I don't, I, I am, I don't know how I have a podcast with him or I'm his friend at this point because I, I think I did. It's part of my point in the conversation was I'm doing comics because they're easier than video games, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was a like not the best point to. No, maybe there's other ways to to reach out to you know yeah. creator you're inspired by. Absolutely. So, uh, what is the first comic that you remember reading? Mm. Well, comic book. I'm not talking about comics in the newspaper. Comic book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Comic strips. It definitely. I've you know that's yeah. that's pretty easy, but. Um, I would see different uncles' comics, like uh, Archie comics. Yep. And some of them I found, you know, approachable and fun, and some of them I was like, meh, no big deal. I, I this isn't. I can remember reading a couple of yeah. Archie comics early yep. on and just not getting it, or being bored well, and just not enjoying it. Maybe uh, there was something interesting about um, R- Richie Rich as far as Archie comics go. Yeah. You know, not that. Um, you know, maybe it was the envy of, of uh, his lack of scarcity, right? But like, I mean, he had that, his, um, oh my gosh, what was his robot? His robot um, made was, oh, but um, she had all sorts of like, you know, cool capabilities, transforming, you know, powers and, and uh, you know, incredibly capable. And I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Let's see what this robot can do. And then, um, let's see, then I think I, I mean, I would enjoy, I enjoyed comic strips. I would get books based on comic strips, right? You know, like, um, like Garfield. I loved Bloom County. Right? Oh yeah. I had a Garfield, what I think would be considered a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, that I loved as a kid. Right. I had a thing. I had a, I had a Garfield thing. You I had a really, thing. yeah, I had a stuffed Garfield that was like my prized possession for a long time. I would have been like when I was like seven. Hmm. And I had a couple of those Garfield books. 
Well, they were really good. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mean, have. Yeah. I wouldn't have put that in the comic category. But yeah, now that you say oh, that, oh, they they totally are. And yeah, they totally are. It's but one of the okay. So let me just put that on. Put the spotlight on you as far as like, well, shine it over why here. Why does that? Why would Garfield not appear in the comic category? Um, I when I was when I was thinking the question, I was thinking of the. Um, the traditional comic format, you know, the ones that go in the protective sheets with the cardboard back that, sorry, comic people, I don't understand. Yeah, totally. And and I've had... Do you remember the first time we went to a comic shop? Yeah. You almost threw me out. I know. Well, okay. Fair enough. I've... um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not proud of that, but like, and I know like some of that does probably persist. Well, I the think whole, you were like, worried the, about me getting the, thrown out by someone else. I mean, you weren't going to throw me out, but there's kind of a, a. I mean, an era of comic culture that I don't think is an, is is entirely healthy. I will not totally vilify it either, because I mean, in part, it's like you know having a lot of passion and love for um, a type of storytelling in certain genres. But yet, this this whole there's a poisonous aspect of it where some of those fans are um, so ardently defensive of their particular niche in comics. Comic in comic language is so broad and open yeah. and can be pretty like can be anything. Not pretty much can be anything. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, over time, in you know, like businesses in the U.S. have found some viability or a lot of viability when they don't worry about that and the you know try to spread the whole like well it's on a shelf it's only this size and when you you better buy the the backing and and plastic with it or hey we're fancy and we just sell it with the backing and plastic yeah. because this is part of the whole ritual and right fair enough if that's your thing but like there's more to it than that because right thankfully we live in an era where comics in the, in the United States has reached a far wider audience. Absolutely. And just to circle back, I think that's one of the um, kind of things with free comic book day is to get more people in and experiencing and exploring comics. True. Yet also it, you can live in a juxtaposition not to go in specifics, but one could say one can imagine like we are not, not nah, whatever I let's say like, We've seen recently how there are comics that are super duper not appropriate for kids sitting right next to the cash register. <laughs> yes, we did. We did see that today. <laughs> At kid eye height level, right? Like, and then so anyway, like, so the, it's, but it was, so it, you have this whole, like, it's only for boys kind of crap that is really unfortunate and, and persists even when there's this idea of inclusivity going right, on, right? right? Um, tough to watch, but we're hopefully it's a transitional phase and we keep growing out of it and the inclusivity sort of um, spreads greater awareness and we make, you know, more yeah. affordances and better well, and choices. I think, there's, I think there's a lot of people trying to do that, right? So, yeah, I mean, retailers are going to have their way of doing it, but I think, you know... Even the tr- the 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 ones that came up from the the old tra- traditions. Anyway, so yeah, moving on past the you know the old, the old boy stuff, um, and uh, so one thing I wanted to make sure that we visited as um, part of this topic of mm-hmm. of comics and um, looking at our backgrounds and how we're affected by comics. Yeah, and, um, you mentioned uh, Meridian. 
and you know, being a yeah, reader. Yeah, whoever wrote that story, feel free to bring that back. Yeah, was <laughs> Barbara. I cannot remember. Oh, but, I should know too. Now that you say it, I can see it on the covers. Mm, so we'll yeah we'll have a link to uh, Meridian in yeah. the show notes. But you um, you have written comics, right? This uh, yes. There's a website that I remember representing at, at events with you. Right? <laughs> uh, Babies Love Comics. Babies Love Comics. Yeah, yeah we did have a couple of, um, I would say, mini comics mm-hmm. um, that we did through Babies Love Comics. That was a lot of fun. We did that together. I think those were, was that our first joint project? Was it? Mm. Might have been our first joint comic. Yeah, for sure. I, that's it, it, Yeah, historically, it's definitely an early one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I wonder because, so uh, two, two of those mini comics were um, around a character called Zoe Zeus. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, what, what, what is it, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Zoe Zeus? I think, yeah, The Amazing Adventures of Zoe Zeus. And uh, Who Zoe's, was a baby with yeah. um, superpowers. She could fly. Yeah. But she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And so she dealt with kind of typical baby child development things. <laughs> but she also, you know, had superpowers. Yeah, like pretty pretty capable ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, lift a couch and fly or pretty darn great yeah this would be know, great to have and no at wait any a minute age? i'm gonna take that back i don't know how would you feel if our kids had those powers that might uh, be. it would be a very challenging parenting situation <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly yeah but, those were fun yeah. comics to do um the second one was uh zoe's big feelings yep mm-hmm and and uh, so the the one was kind of a that like almost what we were describing of like dealing with the the situations you would run into and yeah. having that kind of a super powered child. But then uh, big it's always big feelings. Um, yeah, that one was she was um, feeling sad about going to to you know daycare school whatever mm-hmm. however you um, kind of dealing with those transitions of drop off and pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, was just writing in my wheelhouse in those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a familiar thing. And let's see, those books. Uh, uh, and there was a third one um, with that. Did we publish? It was called uh, the cuteness, right? We did. Those a were the s- panels, right? Yeah, Sing- we did like a single. series of comic panels, like yeah. singular comic panels. Those uh-huh. were fun. Those I think are still out at um, Babies Love Comics. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like in the site redos or whatever, we... we um, I lost some of the Zoe Zeus. Yeah, the Zoe Zeus ones. Fell out. Yeah. And I think we're even sold out of all the physical copies. Yeah. Well, so. I think, yeah, we have been for a little while in those. <laughs> we'll have to do something about that. My favorite thing with the Babies Love Comics, though, was the... Um, I had made onesies at one point. Yeah. And those, those sold out, too. Yeah, those were super fun. Um, it's one of the, it was, yeah. in in those days it was just, you know, you see, uh, see some parents walking, if you know, like if you're at a comics convention, comics event and mm-hmm. we're tabling, yep. whether, um, you know, sometimes it was both of us or, or just, just me. And as we had that, that stock and it, w- it was neat to see, um, you know, the, the reaction of, of kids and parents and especially yeah. with, you know, when they were carrying like little ones. Yep. Tiny um, ones and these yeah. little yellow onesies that had a big red heart and said babies had a little baby on them babies love comics yeah the logo basically yeah i love the logo it's i mean that's uh there's something in fantastic work thank you again yeah Uh, i will say um kind of about 
that experience and in, in writing in comics was a lot harder for me. You know, my background being child development, um, and I have been a lifelong collector of children's books, mm. but traditional children's stories, right? Where the sure. wild things are. A story with, you know... Um, illustrated children's Right, illustrated children's tales, books, yeah. but what I'm trying to say is a story with a cadence and a... A, a sing song, you know, mm. it's going to sound good being read aloud. Um, you know, the night Max wore his wolf suit and made mischief of one kind and another. And so that's, you know, that's how my brain works. So when we sat down to do it in comic style, I don't know if you remember this, but it was very challenging for me to write it, to write comic dialogue mm. because I wanted to, um, in, in my core was almost more of writing poetry Hmm. Right, writing that type of um, prose, if you will. So I can remember that being a really very difficult shift for my brain, and I can remember getting really frustrated and you telling me, "Just write what you want, just write it, and we'll figure out the dialogue pieces as we go." Um, yeah, that's that whole. Um, there are so many different battles to to work through when mm-hmm. you're putting things on a comic page, and. And it isn't impossible, of course, to find a sing-songy way to pull off word word balloons, but yet, I mean, we had chosen a small. Um, um, the form factor was a very small. It was yeah, a mini comic. A mini comic, yeah. Yeah, and different trade-offs. Could it be done there? Yeah, probably. It's it's well depends on how how much time and effort and what have you that we want to put into that into that challenge. But it was um, it was a lot of fun making those comics with you, and it'd be fun to you know who knows revisit it sometime. Yeah, it would be our, fun to revisit it. You know, <laughs> easy to make joke, abundant spare time. But like uh, the we make this, and, and who knows? Yeah, we'll, we find time for this. We'll totally find time. And I mean, that's part of what art and science punks is about, right? How do you balance all of those things in your life, your mm-hmm. personal passions, and your work, and your family, mm-hmm. and your social um, experiences? Yep. And uh, some of those things are um, like the, the, yeah, the making time to make things and then all the, all the things that you want to make. (laughs) It just, yeah, it doesn't happen all at once. It's neat to revisit that and just think about it and, and uh, be reminded. And, uh, and at the very least we probably could, you know, do some kind of special sharing of, of the, the older work. Yeah. We should, we should dust those off and and push those out again. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Are there things about the comic medium that you don't like or that you think are limiting for the types of stories you want to tell or the types of stories you have told? So I'm still a huge fan of interactivity, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I have found it challenging and have experimented with how do I... um, how do I get my comics out in the word world digital digitally? Right. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. how does that, um, experience feel? And I've, I've done a few things where like I, at one point I got tired of the, the way I was hosting comics. And then I, um, I, uh, essentially made a fork of a open source project to then turn it into something that would be a comics specific thing. Right. So you were tired of the way you were having your comics. So you built your own. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. And, and I've done, I did, then I did, did that again a few years later. 
And um, hmm. That's so kind of like meta, the, right? Because it was more of a way to, to host and display your comics than it was the comics, right? Yeah, but, but the experience of comics is the puzzle, right? Where oh. how, do you, how do you get access to them? How do you explore them? How do they... Um, how, how do comics themselves make it approachable where you can choose and discern among those that are available with, where, with like whether it's um, someone who's made a whole bunch of comics or just mm-hmm. a couple. Mm-hmm. How do you just pick one and jump in and explore and, and um, have that work well? Like maybe it remembers where you were when you come back. Right. That kind of stuff. And so that, that's like the, um, the, the interactive aspect has been a, a challenge just when, when the emphasis is on the story and the, right. con, the, the paging through comic, um, comic content, whereas the interactive content, yeah, that's another, that's a separate challenge, yeah. but, um, something I hope to, um, well, something that I'm working on again. I have a, a an odd quirk about me. Well, I have several, but as it relates to comics, mm. Um, I prefer a graphic novel over a comic book. Okay. So tell me about what you see the distinction being between those two. Um, well, I prefer it because I like a larger chunk of the story. Mm. Um, I re- remember year, a few years back getting very attached to a comic. And in the traditional sense, right, in the little slip sheets. And I can remember going to the comic shop and I never knew which ones I had. So I would be come home and I would have, you know, one, two, three. I'd have four copies of four. I wouldn't have five or six. Do you mind mentioning the comic? I can't remember. I think it, it was, was uh, Meridian. Meridian. Yeah. Yep. And I loved the story. And then I think one graphic novel came out. Uh, I think one or two, uh, it was a whole, it was cross-gen comics. Yeah. And then anyway. And cross-gen went, went out of business. Yeah, they went out of business. And so... Yeah. But I couldn't keep track of what I had and what I didn't have. Because, you know, you would go and I couldn't find everything all the time, right? Exactly. Because you would you would have, um, like, I don't know. The, the, the Yeah, you find gaps in, I would in have your gaps collection. And so I would be trying to fill those gaps, but I couldn't always, I don't know why. And I'm sure I had it written down somewhere. But at any rate, um, so then I was like, no, just I want the graphic novel. I want a bigger chunk of the story. I want to know that I can you know, kind of get the complete story. That's the part that I struggle with is, mm. um, and some of these stories go on and on and on, um, which is wonderful and fantastic. And that's the, the medium. Mm. Um, but it sometimes, yeah, sometimes, but it's, it does challenge me or it's challenging for me. Yeah. So you, I mean, you get, you do get different bundling, um, and repackaging of stories, right? So you've got, uh, the trade paperbacks, which is like, Typically three to six comics. Oh, maybe that's what I mean. Yeah. And Sorry then, if I am no, using all the wrong I, terminology. I not, there's no shame in not knowing a, the industry jargon, right? Industry jargon comes up when uh, a group of people need to do a lot of work together and it's more efficient for them. But maybe if you're on the outside, it's not that efficient for you. Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking trade paperbacks where they take several issues and bind it into yeah. one so I can have a bigger I can buy the book and have a bigger chunk of the story so that's what I like okay cool and and um, well I mean ever since that uh, trade paperback 
trade paperbacks came into existence, I mean, yeah, I prefer them too. But you have, anyway, there's all these, I mean, it's market forces and there's a lot of challenges as far as like, well, how do you keep the, well, where do you get the signal that the, um, there's an audience excited about a thing mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. some of them ha- are habituated to like go for the, the frequent the monthly releases and then some are habituated to go toward the trades and some are, it's, you know, it's, it's a little blurry there and, um the business aspect of it makes it hard because oh sure honestly sure. like every one of these could be fantastic works of um works of literature if just sort of bundled as a big thing that could be consumed all at once because typically that's how we um you know we we associate like a significant progression of character and story like you can go oh, through yeah. a full arc and or multiple arcs and then consider yeah. that like, wow, that was an epic story. That was a that great was story. So, yeah. yeah, I felt, you know, and I know, you know, some of the comics obviously do that very well, but mm-hmm. others, I feel like the story just kind of goes and it's hard to know where you're going to get your beginning, middle and end. Yeah. When is it going to feel meaningful? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you get invested in these characters. You do. There's some great characters out there. Um. I'm trying to figure out the question to ask um, so that you talk about Ghost Rider. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so Ghost Rider meant a lot to me in my teens, and I still have great affection for, for that character. And you know And if we were to go through the comics that you the few comics you do have on the shelf, Ghost Rider would be there. Totally, yeah. You know. And so um I mean Ghost Rider um, I connected with that character in my mid to late teens. Because you're and dead and ride a motorcycle? No. Oh, okay. And <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I grew up in a family where we all, you know, like all the adults had heads on fire, right? All the Nobody, time. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> and then the comic showed up and I was like, oh. You're like, hey, I can relate to this. No. And uh, so, no, Ghost Rider was like about a sense of fairness and... um. You justice know, or and justice. fairness? Is that yeah? Okay. And I, <laughs> I mean, fairness from the 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 say from the perspective of a, um, a life stage transitioning, um, you know, white suburban teen, right? Sure. So you know, lots of grains of salt should be taken with this perspective. But like, I was like, yeah, you know, Ghost Rider's making stuff fair. You know, th- those those people are mean. They suck. And he's <laughs> sure. got the vengeance there, and 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 like, I, and he has a freaking motorcycle with the the wheels are on fire. I know, right? It goes incredibly fast. That like spoke to all of your lizard brain andness, and it can go up a building, right? What? And, um. His head's a skull, right? I know it is, it is really cool, and I do I do love the art from those old Ghost Rider comics. Yeah, so it, there's too many things that appeal to my. Um, if there's such a thing as a um, suburban suburban white teen lizard brain, then yeah, <laughs> um, yep, that's awesome. That's awesome. You need those things, and. I mean, we watch similar things happen with our kids. So we obviously, as we've talked about, we took our kids to free comic book day 
and we have for a couple of years. And it's interesting to see what they gravitate to mm. and what they're interested in. So sometimes it's the tie-ins of things that they've seen on television, right? Teen Titans Go, oh, um, sure. you know, or pick, you know, pick a SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think, there's another, you know, so those kinds of things that they've they've got tie-ins, they have characters they recognize. Um, sometimes it's princess stuff, right? You know, or totally. Even if it's not a princess that they know, right? It's it's maybe a an independent. Done, independently done comic, but that happens to, you know, appeal to the princess lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they gravitate towards that. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to see the kind of things that they, that they pick up. And um, and it's, it's an interesting transition going from, well, um, I mean, okay, comics are a fantastic medium for... Um, for literacy. Absolutely. I mean, what we, we saw it today, I mean, the kids didn't look up again. I mean, they just grabbed and, the books and for the next hour, that's yeah. what they were doing. And, um, and we saw this with our eldest when, when she was younger, where there, there was a time when it was about um, connecting with the imagery and the visual. Yes. Purely like what was visually represented. Mm-hmm. And yet not connecting yet with the, um, the sort of verbal, um, comic, the, the, the content in the word balloons and the content in, um, the other sort of verbalization of the, the, um, content that can be in comics. Right. Yeah. So like, um, the onomatopoeia of, um, sound effects and stuff like that. Right. The sound effects and the, um, and so like we would be sort of adding this extra layer after they'd page through mm-hmm. by reading it together. Yeah. Well, and it's so now, many, it teaches so many things too about storytelling and, you know, um, sequential stories and, you know, what happened first and what happened second and, you yeah. know, those kinds of things. So even if they're um, going through the story and just looking at the pictures and in writing their own story about what those pictures are doing, it's, fantastic precursor to reading and literacy so uh i <laughs> seriously this is one of the most exciting things about comics is that these um these sort of represented situations then positioned near each other yeah and then what you just just described that is one of the most incredible things as far as that that pulls people in and makes you so involved because you are the one creating the meaning between these panels yep. and you can do that even before you're actually a reader yeah before you're reading the words and then once you're a reader so many more layers are unlocked yeah and that's um, that's that's really fun. And and other than like if we're sort of walking on a sidewalk and have you and and <laughs> yeah, what our, our eldest problems. reader, yeah, exactly. We're like, well, you actually have to close your book and look around sometimes. That's funny because that's happening now. That's happened now a couple of times with her and um, mm. with new comics. So it happened today, but it also happened a few weeks back when we picked mm-hmm. up the Mighty Jack. <laughs> yeah, you know she literally walked i think two blocks fortunately we were on sidewalk then well thankfully all side by side together yeah yeah 
with just her her nose buried in the book. And it's cool to see, right? It's it's oh. fun to have your watch your kids get so into stories and storytelling. And yeah, this this is this is a uh, like you can flag this as hashtag humble but humble bread. Oh yeah, parenting crap, whatever. Um, oh, so nice for you, for you, you people on Instagram kind of, kind of discussion, but like, but at the same time, you know, yeah, I mean, seeing, um, like think back to when before you could read listener mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then when you can read your world changes a lot and it's like, uh, there's a whole lot of things that get unlocked. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and comics can kind of bridge that because of the combination that they, they, they sort of bring together yeah. all these different forms of um, displaying and uh, expressing story. So I think in summary, it's safe to say that we are fans of the comic medium. We're <laughs> going to go two thumbs up with comics being... Uh... My thumb sideways. I don't know. <laughs> no, I... Uh, no, obviously. <laughs> this is our commercial for comics. It's No, totally. And, and it's... There are so many different topics represented in the medium as it's become, you know, more widely accepted as this, this sort of, um, literacy expanding and helpful, um, thing, capability, um, uh, asset that, uh, that's embraced by, you know, educational institutions and all that stuff. And oh, so absolutely. now through that awareness, it causes funding, causes different things to get created. And it's, uh, it's amazing. So well worth your time. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we move on to our picks? Oh yeah. All right. Do you have an art pick for us this evening, this day? I do. Because it's um, just to go, you know, one more level deeper in. Yeah. So what's better than like reading comics and enjoying them? Is uh, Jimmy guess? I do. Is it eating pudding? <laughs> so you could add consumption of treats while you make comics oh making comics or exactly yeah you could actually get into making them and um this is there is a um there's an article i'll link to about making mini comics because you know what not every comic it needs to be not every idea or story needs to be uh long and verbose and you know detailed and expressed in um of a large volume of pages and panels mm-hmm. and stuff, right? So you can take essentially one page of paper, fold it in half twice. <laughs> I'm laughing because this whole, I love mini comics and they're mm-hmm. a lot of fun, but this whole, how you fold the mini comic to make it all lay out correctly is like origami on steroids sometimes. <laughs> it depends on how many pages you want right? and how your pagination works. I mean, I think the folding itself is pretty straightforward. It's that when you have your piece of paper and you have to take, and first you put panel one, and then you put panel eight, and then you put panel, you know, six, but it's got to be upside down. And, you know, that's (laughs) what I just could never do. Exactly. So that's when you're working with mini comics and you're you're um, probably having a digital part of your creative Yeah, the digital layout to be able to print and And to get a printer to, to sort of, you know work with you instead of against you. Uh, yeah, that, that's totally 
totally part of it. And I don't think that the digital aspect is covered as much in this article, but yeah, Jessica Abel is a um, comic artist and podcaster and sort of a comic teacher. And um, you'll find a lot of uh, really interesting detailed things that, that I learned when I read this article that um, I mean, some of these techniques I I've, I've used, but others are, are, um, like I tend to have a more digital process, so it's not always, you know, not always overlapping, but mm-hmm. it's just so awesome to look, explore the kind of tools and ideas that uh, Jessica Abel presents. So that um, the idea of, uh, you know, you jump on in, yeah, uh, fold up a piece of paper and play around with making a comic. Love and it. here's an article. That's my pick. I love it. That's a fantastic pick and so topic central. Mm. My pick just kind of goes off topic. Interesting. One might think I learned of our topic and looked at my right bookmarks and made it connect. Did you search your bookmarks then? I do search. Yes. Darn it! I still have to learn how you do this bookmark thing. Mm-hmm. If I had twenty thousand of anything, I would not be able to keep it straight mm. or organized. Um, you know what? The digital world makes that not a problem. Um, Anyway, so I'm curious what what is your science pick? My science pick is an actual is actually an activity that I want to do and have not yet done, um, and it's um, okay. So honestly, I probably did this as a child, but I haven't done it as a grown up, and I haven't done it with our kids, and so that's what I want to do. And that's, oh gosh, what is it? I know it's um it's really a simple one, and it's color changing flowers, where you take water and you add food coloring to water. And then you pay, you put some um, white flowers in the jars with the food coloring, and then the f- plant drinks so, it, right? And so then the petals, the white petals, turn the color of the food coloring, and it's showing how plants sort of. I mean, they have this sort of um, like a vascular system. Yeah. Capillary wow. system, they call Capillary it. Capillary system, okay. Yep, and so the, they kind of suck the water up through the bottom of the stem, but then it gets to the leaves and does this kind of crazy evaporation thing, and the um, the actual petals of the flowers turn color, but starting kind of from the furthest out. Oh. Yeah, so they get the coloring from the food coloring from the food dye. Oh wow, that's cool! And does 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 the color seem to spread evenly, or does it sort of fade or change? It's um, oh, what's the term? But it's it's more gradient. Oh, cool! It's more gradient, and um, it's interesting because some of the articles that I've read about doing this activity is um, carnations of all things. White carnations is what works best. If you use some other types of white flowers, it doesn't work as well. Roses and daisies and those kinds of things um, don't show it up as well. So they re- it's recommended that you use just like a basic white, white carnation. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's an activity I want to try and um, I learn... Um, read a little bit more about the science behind it, but, you know, talk to the kids, especially with spring being here and they're just really interesting and everything that grows. And, um, you know, we were out digging up flowers and splitting, um, day lilies today. And, um, our three-year-old had a lot of questions about, you know, what was going to happen and how is this going to work? So we were kind of looking at the tubers on the bottoms of the day lilies and, 
you know, when we put these in our, you know, in our backyard, then they'll grow and make more. And Hmm. so, yeah, so they're just kind of really interested in that right now. So I think it'd be kind of a fun one to do. The other thing I really like about it is that it takes a couple days. Hmm. So, um, I like that there's a little bit more patience involved in the activity where, well, we'll have to check on it again tomorrow. We'll have to check on it again tomorrow, you know, day after day until we start to see some color appear. Hmm. So I'm excited about it. That sounds fun. I wonder um I wonder if it has anything to do with atmospheric pressure and whatnot. So yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So we can look up the why it's happening while yeah. we're doing the experiment. Yep. Let him make some hypothesis and um think it through a little bit and then we'll um get some information and we usually like to do like a YouTube video, you know, we'll find like an educational video. Mm. Then maybe you'll kind of explain it as well and talk things through. Awesome. Okay. That's my science pick. Nice. Thank you. Well, that wraps us up for today. We are the Art and Science Punks, coming to you each week with stories of art, science, and creativity, and often stories of struggles and even successes of balancing our personal passions with work and family. Art and Science Punks has a blog at artandsciencepunks.com. And on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. You can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm or on Apple Podcasts, where we would appreciate your five-star rating. You can tweet me at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. And I am Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. Oh, Richie Rich's... Oh, where did it go? Is it Marge? No, it was like Iona. Iona! Oh! Iona what? (laughs) I didn't get that pun till now. (laughs) 